Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Gordon Mott from the Diocese of Columbus and Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, We ask Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, to walk with us always, every hour of every day, as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe uh, praying for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary at the beginning of this show is most fitting uh, because this show is going to be about saints, and she's everybody's ex facto favorite saint. If she's not your favorite saint, you better do some self-reflection <laughs> because her son's going to be mad about it. Uh, so today, what brought up this uh, topic and my desire to discuss it was I was giving a tour of the Josephinum the other day, and we walked into St. Tribius Chapel. And for the first time, I had this, this moment of realization uh, about the mural. I looked up as I was leading the group in, and the verse from Hebrews came to my mind. The verse uh, that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, mm. let us throw off everything that hinders and the, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Mm. And the reason that came to me is because the, that part of the script for the tour, uh, you talk about the saints, the American saints to the left, or the New World saints, and then the Old World saints on the right, on the mural. And I... I realized, like, wow, there were a lot of other saints that could have been chosen to fill that panel of the mural. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about my own favorite saints (laughs) and which ones maybe I would have replaced. (laughs) And I said to myself, I said, Dalton, this the saints are something we need to talk about more. Because I believe as Catholics, a lot of times, the only saint we know may be the patron of our parish. Mm Mm-hmm. And even then, we don't know a lot about that saint um, besides the name and maybe where they were from sure, and, yeah. and a little something like that. And mm-hmm. so I thought today we could just talk about uh, our favorite saints, what is attractive about them to us, why we're interested in them or how we stumbled upon them maybe, yeah. you know, how the Lord brought our attention to the life of this saint uh, and, and just kind of toss around some saints uh, for one another to grow in the knowledge of the saints. Yeah. Uh, and then also for, for our listeners maybe to introduce them to some of the more obscure saints uh, mm-hmm. that we know about as seminarians uh, that they could benefit from in their spiritual life. Yeah. So, Jonathan, why don't you uh, start us out the gate with one or two or yeah. um, six or a litany of your favorite yeah, saints? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, before we do, um, that, that verse from he- Hebrews, um, that's actually written on the, um, the inside of uh, my parish, my home parish. Oh, in, wow. Yeah, around the border in the ceiling. Um, and then in the sanctuary, there's a huge uh, mural with 
um, maybe 15 or 20 saints. Wow, yeah. um, and so that, that idea of, especially in a holy place, um, a church uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're surrounded with a cloud of witnesses, literally, um, you know, all the angels and saints are present uh, yeah. and we're united in communion um, at the liturgy. Um, it's a good reflection. So, but yeah, so some of my favorite saints, um, I would say, well, my, um, my patron saint uh, is St. John Bosco. Um, he is uh, very dear to me. Uh, he, his feast day is um, uh, on my birthday. And he actually, he died 100 years to the day um, before I was born. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, um, especially now uh, as a seminarian, you know, um, studying to be a priest, um, seeing the way he lived out his priesthood mm-hmm. is very inspiring. Um, the way he uh, attracted so many youth to him, mm-hmm. um, just by being, just by um, relating to them on a very natural level. You know, it was said that he, he would do magic tricks, you know, and, and play games with the with the boys. Um, and then he would bring them to mass, you know, um, things like that. That's just very, um, very attractive to me. And um, and it just got me thinking of how I'll be modeling my priesthood, how I'm going to be attracting people to to the faith. Yeah. Um, so John Bosco is definitely a, one of them. Um, St. Augustine for me is a huge saint. Yeah. I think he's a big saint for a lot of seminarians. Um, especially with his past, his book Confessions mm-hmm. is one of the best books I've ever read. Um, and the, a mandatory read at like every level of well, formation. Yes, yeah, exactly. In in philosophy, we study it. Um, you know, you can bring it to prayer in adoration, and it's a great reflection. Um, but I think what's what's um, attractive um, about Augustine's Confessions and just Augustine's life in general is that he's so honest about being broken, mm-hmm. um, and how he he is a witness to the grace. Uh, a grace-filled life and yeah. how no matter how far you are god is always you know trying to bring you back and his you know his quote uh, our hearts are restless until we rest in thee mm-hmm. um it's just beautiful and it, and it just goes to show especially you know in his life of recalling his past saying like when i was searching when i was searching for fulfillment what was i what was i looking for and he and he admits that it was god in all the things that he was searching for, but in a disordered way. Yeah. You know, when yeah. he fell into the sin of lust, he was looking for love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he and he goes through a list of sins and see, and pulling out, like, the good that he was searching, but just in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I just think it was just such a, such a beautiful reflection, and a huge part of my own formation in seminary was reading Confessions mm-hmm. from Augustine. Um, John Vianney, of course, yeah. you know, a huge saint for us, uh, uh, the patron of parish uh, parish priests um so i have a few more and we could probably bring those up as we yeah, try to go along sure. what about you gordon are there any any saints that are at the top of your litanies top of your intercession list um well i mean at the very top has to be saint francis de sales who is my patron saint but also the patron saint of this great diocese right here um the uh, i mean also uh saint josemaria scriva uh saint Gemma Golgani, and saint philip neri who is very uh, dear to my heart right now. So, Saint Philip Neri, uh, for example, um, who was very, very well learned. But so, like in his uh, in his biography, uh, there was so much admiration for him. They they're describing his ministry, and they said anyone coming to him for the first time, he'd welcome with bright and easy cordiality. He'd embrace them and begin conversing on general topics. If he was a physician, he'd talk of medicine with philosophers, philosophy, and with a poet, it would be poetry. And he says, but rarely at first visit, he touched on spiritual matters. 
for he laid himself out to gain their hearts and make them wish to come again. And then by degrees, as if spontaneously, the conversation turned on spiritual things and in the end to fervent exhortation. I mean, the, the way that he engaged people to try and make them feel valued by not just valuing them, but everything that came with their life, the, the whole person rather than the body that's just in front, mm-hmm. um, is very, very inspirational to me. And then it even says... Um, that his manner was so easy, genial, and unconstrained that men of the world did not shun him as they were wont to shun the austere and rigid type of sanctity, you know. And it's so just in his mannerism and his his way of living. Uh, and then you know Saint Gemma Golgani, just because she had this great spirit of never, ever, ever giving up on yeah. people. Yeah. So that's awesome. I think it's so important to to look at these saints, their their names surround us as we drive past churches or, mm-hmm. or when we look at these murals in churches of saints and being surrounded by this cloud of witness. Um, and for myself, I am drawn to saints that I can relate with in a certain way, in a very practical way. Um, St. Louis, King of France, mm. his feast day is on my birthday. Um, and in the Office of Readings, the breviary, that second reading that day is a letter from King Louis of France to his son about mm-hmm. how to be a good monarch. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the way to be a good monarch is just being a virtuous Christian. Yeah. Um, and so King Louis of France, patron of my birthday, um, but, but having that letter on my birthday as a reading, yeah. uh, I really – stuff like that sticks out to me mm-hmm. as useful in the spiritual life. Also, because I'm of Czech descent, St. John Neumann, Mm. uh, the Bohemian missionary bishop to the United States, the first canonized American male, um, and because I'm huge about Catholic education, Mm -hmm. um, he's a great patron of and really founder of the American parochial school system. Mm -hmm. Uh, St. Wenceslaus, good King St. Wenceslaus, uh, the Bohemian king. Mm -hmm. Those are two of my two of my go tos in asking for intercession uh, because I feel like they get me because of our shared heritage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also I'm also not I don't regulate myself to the canonized list. Um, <laughs> any Catholic male who knows about Pier Giorgio Frassati, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just a young guy died at the age of what twenty four, yeah, yeah, twenty four years old. Um, didn't necessarily feel called to the priesthood, but understood the Lord's demand on us to Christian love, to yeah. charity, especially to those on the margins, those so over, easily overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Archbishop Fulton Sheen, yeah. the great evangelist, he was doing tele, you know, he was a televangelist before there was a Billy Graham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think it's important to recognize those not yet canonized. Yet so close to us, you mm-hmm. know, as young men looking to uh, to Pierre Giorgio, yeah. um, as specifically future clerics in America, Fulton Sheen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some of my favorites, uh, and, and in particular, the American connection, the USA connection, yeah, yeah. is pretty big um, for me. Maybe I'm a little too patriotic. No, I think I think that's a uh, you know sometimes some of these saints have lived so you know such a long time ago and they can become abstract their lives, and so you know it's good to have these very um, natural um, connections that were rooted in you know practically. So I think that that's yeah I I totally get that. Um, 
You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Radio, AM820. You can hear this show every Tuesday at noon and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte and Gordon Mott from the Diocese of Columbus. Today we are talking about saints, our favorite saints, a little about them, uh, being surrounded by this cloud of witnesses to help us overcome sin, our vices, and persevere in running this great race uh, to the kingdom of God, uh, where we hope to join the saints one day before the throne. Um, we talked a little bit about our favorite saints already, listing a few. Um, why don't we turn now and look at some of the more obscure saints uh, that we might know about? Uh, or not obscure in the sense of, of being unknown, but but maybe just not widely publicized yet, mm-hmm. because there is such a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, and if I have to hear about St. Paul one more time. No. <laughs> um, one of my favorite saints that I learned about uh, while I was doing Spanish immersion down in Guatemala was Santo Hermano Pedro, mm. um, who served the poorest regions of Guatemala and was actually called the Mother Teresa of the Americas by now St. John Paul II mm-hmm. uh, when he visited uh, Latin America. That's mine, my, my obscure saint. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I think he has a lot to teach us um, about going. He left Europe and came over to the Americas as a poor beggar, uh, and like Mother Teresa, just in the streets, caring for the sick and dying, mm-hmm. uh, kind of doing that same work, imitating, not imitating Mother Teresa, who came much later, but doing that same work, yeah. uh, same missionary zeal to go, leaving the comforts of Christianity as we know it mm-hmm. sometimes and, and going out on mission yeah. Yeah. in love. What about either of you? Do you have a saint that you would like to, to highlight for the good listeners? Well, I mean, if we want some that don't really necessarily get an awful lot of publicity, then, I mean, like, you have Peter Julian Amard, St. Peter Julian Amard, who's pretty much the the father of uh, modern Eucharistic spirituality. I mean, who just wrote such beautiful and deep spiritual works on the Eucharist um, and other things, but I mean, primarily the Eucharist, that, I mean, honestly, it if if your heart isn't moved and if you don't you know, weep, you're, you're out of your mind. Um, he, uh, I remember somebody gave me one of his books and I went to adoration. It was called visitations to the blessed sacrament. I was like, Oh, what a great book to take with me to adoration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I go to adoration and I I sit down and I start reading it and, you know, and it's, it's beautiful and you get through about a page and a half. And then it says, are you by chance in front of our dear and blessed Lord right now? put down the book. You're in front of a person, relate to him as a person and save the book wow. for when you're by yourself. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, you know, the, uh, um, but then there's a, there's a French saint, um, St. John Eudes, uh, who was such a prolific and influential spiritual writer that actually during the, the French revolution, they tried very hard to erase his works from existence. Mm. Um, and he wrote the the works that have survived, the ones that we have possession of. He wrote a lot about Our Lady. He wrote a lot about uh, the priesthood and discernment of a vocation. 
Um, and these things, they read like, I don't know, like butter. Um, the, but I mean, of course, if you want to go super obscure, there's a little Irish saint named St. Siwa, uh, who, uh, is always depicted carrying or, or always depicted walking around with a bear, uh, on a chain. That, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great story there and I encourage people to look that up because if I told you it'd spoil the fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Is there a saint you want to highlight? Um, I think, I don't know how known he is among other people, but, um, St. St. Edmund Campion, um, he was a Jesuit during the reign of Elizabeth I, um, and he was martyred for his faith when, you know, the, the priest hunt was going around in, in England. Um, and I remember I came to him because I read a book by um, Robert Hugh Benson, uh, Come Rack, Come Rope. Um, it's, a, it's a fictional piece, um, and, uh, and he's one of the characters that appears in the book. Um, and it, it highlights, I don't want to spoil it, but it highlights a man who, um, who was expecting to get married and, you know, there's a romance between him and a woman and he actually becomes a priest instead. Um, and his, just his journey through that milieu of, um, a persecuted, um, England, um, is really fascinating. It's a really well-written book. Um, and I just remember Edmund Campion as being one of those characters, like the, one of the characters in the book where every, all the other characters kind of looked up to. And that's where he, after meeting, encountering him, he be, uh, decided to become a priest as well. Um, but I just think that, um, you know, he's a, he's a very strong martyr. Um, there's, a, there's a few other books written by him, um, by uh, Evelyn Waugh, um, who wrote uh, Bride's Head Revisited. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a uh, biography on Edmund Campion. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really like those stories about um, the, that heroic self-sacrifice in the face of persecution, um, yeah. to be examples um, for their fellow Catholics. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know, Jonathan, if you really do like Jesuit saints or if you just said that uh, <laughs> the, you know, to get a good grade good in Father that, Murphy's class. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the Jesuits, you know, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's awesome. I love uh, learning about new saints. And I've noticed that, for the most part, everybody does. Mm-hmm. What would be your advice um, for the for the average Catholic who's listening to this show, wants to get to know more about the saints, um, a saint, any saint, they want to know more names? Yeah. Uh, what What would you advise them to do? How to How to learn about more saints? How to learn about more saints? I I would say um, a very practical way is just to buy a Catholic calendar, and on the day that you know that it is, um, you just look at you know if there's a memorial or a feast day of a saint and then just look them up you know um we're blessed to live in an age where we can just type anything into wikipedia or you know google and um you know some basic information will show up and i think that um like you said um most people are open to learning about the saints because their lives are so beautiful and Mm -hmm. so it you know that like their stories are just attractive to us and so you know a simple search you don't have to be a you know a great researcher (laughs) to find out um uh the lives of these saints um that that's just an easy way to do it i think just to buy a calendar see the names that pop up on a day that you know um on, on the day that it is and and just researching them simply that's a good yeah. start i think gordon well i mean so i suppose so there's a we live in a, a really fortunate age with all of this technology and all these things online um it's it's not hard to come across like saint directories and things online but i'm not a super big fan 
of that mode of discovery, right? Because like, particularly in this diocese, we have so many different parishes and those parishes, while they might have a a particular patron saint, I also guarantee you have devotional images and things of other saints as well. So like the parish that I came into the church at, St. Aloysius on the hilltop, um, has, I think, 19 different saints depicted in the stained glass all around the parish. Um, and so that's a, a great way to discover and kind of get you out of your own comfort zone is walk around the church like, hey, who's that? Hey, who's that? Hey, who's that? And then you write it down like, hey, yeah, this is really cool. Here's a story that inspires me. And you get to connect to other people, too. So, I mean, like, yeah. it's it's a mode of discovery that involves self-discovery, too, I guess. So. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many, um, like you said, Jonathan, with with the the calendar, the calendar with the daily saint, you know, saint of the day. Um there's the Magnificats, you know, people yeah. can, mm-hmm. if you have a Magnificat, they, there's little bios in there, maybe pass it on afterwards, yeah. um, just so people can read the bios of the saints. I know that's how I learned most of my info on the saints, are the the little paragraphs and the breviary mm-hmm. so, uh, that, that we read uh, before we pray the office, yeah. just to get to know the saint a little bit. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody out there who's into app creating, I think a saint of the day app would be beneficial. We're getting the Bible verses sent to us each day. Yeah. Uh, why not a saint too? Yeah, yeah. Maybe there is one that I don't know about. Um, yeah, so with the saints, the litany of the saints, learning more uh, about the saints, I think that for the the average Catholic um, seeking to grow in a relationship with the saints, uh, what's most important to realize um and make them actual people, persons that mm-hmm. can be relate, relatable and we can relate to, yeah. um, is realizing their presence with us uh, at the Eucharistic feast, mm-hmm. at the Mass. Um, ultimately, that's what the verse from Hebrews 12 is all about, mm-hmm. um, being surrounded by such a great cloud of witness um, to overcome sin and persevere yeah. and, running, and running the race. Um, do you find it, guys, difficult um, in keeping the saints human. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I know where you're going with this, and I, I think um, I do agree that sometimes they can be a little abstract, or even um, um, like their hagiographies, mm-hmm. which is like the the story of a saint that may be em- embellished a little bit, you know, um, mm-hmm. with their miracles and everything. Um, but even their almost their supernatural ability to um, desire death for Christ. Yeah. Um, I remember I was I was just reading something by Ignatius of Antioch, and he talks about being the wheat that's ground in the mouths of the lion mm-hmm. to become flour for God. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how do you desire that? You know, and that's really um, that's really the grace of God. Um, and that's and I, I think that that's this is why we're given saints by the church to say like this is the this is the exemplar in which to model your life, yeah. strive towards it. You know, and we might stumble on the way to perfection, but we're always looking at these examples all around us, saying, like, if, if God can work in their lives, then maybe he can work in my life, too. Um, and so so I think, like, you know, those stories, yes, they might be a little abstract, but it's also um, it's that supernatural grace that enables them to become more than their fallen human nature. So Yeah. Well, and I think that's... There, there's, there's a reason why the church didn't stop canonizing saints, right? And with... The availability of media, 
you know, it's easier and easier and easier because yeah, there's a natural, I'm, I'm with Jonathan, right? Like there's a natural human tendency to kind of pigeonhole things, particularly ourselves and say, well, those are the saints over there and they're holy and they're great and I'll never measure up to that. So I'm, you know, and they're just way off in the distance and, you know, but so what do we have? You know, we have Archbishop Fulton Sheen who, you know, is on the path to sainthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here we have, you know, go on YouTube. There's a billion videos. And this man was so pervasive that he actually competed with late, late night television hosts uh, for audience. As a matter of fact, to this day, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for uh, the largest simulcast audience. Oh, wow. He used to poke fun at Milton Berle. He would introduce his show and say, here's Uncle Fulty, because Milton Berle's Uncle, Uncle Milty. <laughs> the... Uh, you know, St. Josemaria Escriva, go on, you know, YouTube, and there's just gobs of these videos online, and now all of a sudden you're confronted. Sainthood is not this thing that's that far off. Mm-hmm. Sainthood is totally achievable, yeah. and, you know, if you cooperate with God, God's grace, you could be one too. Right, right. Yeah, no, and I think that's what's so important about keeping them human. Um, there's a lot of theology in, in that too about mm-hmm. keeping them human. The separated soul from the body. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, to realize that these were real men and women uh, living in real times and real places mm-hmm. uh, with real sin um, and real temptation, yeah. uh, but also sustained by the very real love of God. Um, yeah, it's just amazing to me. And I think with saints, uh, it can be easy to make them superheroes yeah. that we strive to imitate without ever being able to imitate them. Yeah, right. Uh, right. But that's simply untrue, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit baffling to think that the grace that God gave them to live such holy lives, He's also offering to us. Yeah. Um, that He calls us to maybe one day be painted on a mural in yeah, some chapel right, somewhere right. where some Yahoo seminarian is going to be leading a tour, <laughs> you know, pointing up. Um, but that is what we're called to. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us for today's seminarian show. You can hear this show every Tuesday at noon and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at saintgabrielradio.com. Let us close with a prayer, not the litany of the saints. Uh, <laughs> But in the words Christ himself taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give Give us us this day our daily bread, bread, and and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of the seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at saintgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sa-